0: This is Matthew, chapter 6, starting in verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for he will either, uh, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. We're in the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus has been... Uh, talking in the previous section about three spiritual practices: giving to the needy, praying, and fasting. And he's saying, don't don't do it like the hypocrites. Do it like this. And part of that's the Lord's prayer. He teaches his people actually how to pray. The big deal is motives. To do it in private. To do it in secret. To don't don't do your spirituality so that everybody can see it. So it's for everybody else. Do it in private, in secret, and then the Lord who sees in secret will reward you. And so this idea of, of reward and motives comes up in these verses prior. Now Jesus turns to the idea of money and possessions. Uh, because he's talking about reward and, and one of the things that we tend to do is, is take stock in in the reward of this world. And he he sort of sandwiches he has this piece about treasures and then he has this piece about um, uh, money or manna and serving masters and he's got this weird piece in the middle about the eye is the lamp of the body so so here's what we're going to do we're, we're going to look at the bread first we're going to look at these two outside pieces of treasure and money and then we're going to come back to the meat in the middle which is the eye is the lamp and if, if we understand how that then fits we can say some really interesting things about the world we're living in today So first, treasure. Treasure is more than money. It's your possession. Okay, it's a way of talking about the things of this world. Okay, the the actual physical universe and the things you own, the things you you purchase. And of course, money represents that because um, money is how we value those things. How much is something worth? Uh, But but it's more. Treasure is more than money. It's it's your possessions. It's your things. It's what you value. Okay, and so Jesus says um, uh, about this treasure, don't lay it up, don't, don't store it up in this world. Okay, because, because moth and rust and thieves. In other words, rust, things are going to naturally decay. Moths, things like, like moths, mice, whatever, can come in and destroy it, or thieves can take it. In other words, it doesn't last forever. What you need to do is store up what keep most important what goes in heaven, what, where where rust and moth and thieves can't touch it. Okay, here's the the way we say it a lot of times. You can't take it with you. You can't take it with you if you If you have possessions, they don't go with you when you pass. so make sure you're focused on things that that last. So the idea is. Uh, to to pay attention not just to the things that you have in this world and obsess over those and make them most important, but make sure your priority is your relationship with God and those things that last, because you can't take the other things with you. Store up those treasures in heaven. Then he he ends with this little line, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, now this line gets quoted a lot, and, and most people, when they talk about it, they say, you know, if I could see your pocketbook, if I could see your wallet, I could see your bank account, I would know where your heart is. That somehow your heart and the way you spend and the way you uh, treat possessions reveals your heart. But but what that's actually saying is that your um, your treasure follows your heart. And I think that's true, right? That if I That if we looked at your finances, if we looked at how you treat the possessions of your life, we could say a lot about your spirituality. That's not actually what Jesus says. What Jesus says is where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, if your treasure goes over there, your heart goes over there. If your treasure goes over there, your heart goes over there. No, I mean, he's saying something bigger. He's saying that actually your treasure can lead your heart. The what you spend on can in some ways guide your heart. I remember my wife and I, we, we got a dishwasher for the first time. It was one of those little move around the room ones that you then hook up to the sink. But oh my goodness, was it nice. So we had kids. It was great to have a dishwasher. And for several weeks, we just loved washing dishes. We loved using that dishwasher. Why? Because we got a new possession. And uh, somehow that guided our heart. You get a new car, suddenly you like going for rides. You want to plan a road trip. That in some ways, what you spend on and what you do in this world, your treasure, that your interface with the rest of the physical world, can have an impact on your heart. Just like, I think, your heart can have an impact on the world around you. That it goes both ways. And so, therefore, you have to be careful. Jesus then cares about your treasure because your treasure can have an impact on your heart. And your heart can also be reflected in the way you treat your treasure. That's what he gets at at the end of the the second piece of bread, right? The the end of this little section where he talks about you cannot serve two masters. The idea is that some people serve this world. Some people are slaves to what they own and to how much they make. Jesus says it, it shouldn't be that way. That in some ways serving God and, and serving your finances, your possessions are at odds with each other. Now, I don't think that what Jesus is saying is that you have to take a vow of poverty, okay? Jesus does live a simple life. Uh, and so there's something to be said for simplicity and generosity. But, but there are also some great characters like Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, Joseph of Arimathea that, that use their wealth to support the ministry of Jesus and the disciples, uh, I, I don't think I think the harder part is is serving the money, is loving the money, and, and we can maybe break it down to three problems I think in Scripture. One is how you get the, how you get your wealth, how you get your possessions. Is it is it by cheating? Is it at the expense of others? Then the prophets would say there's a problem. And then how do you use it? How do you treat it? Do you, do you treat it like it's everything, or do you understand? that what it is that it's not everything okay do, do you um do you have to force other people to not have things because you have things and okay, that you got to keep this at the expense of others then there's a problem and i think the biggest problem for the wealthy for for those with possessions and we're in america so by comparison we are all wealthy here the 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 challenge is, if I have a lot of stuff, I can find my security in my stuff. And it's harder for me to need God. I can be too self-reliant. That when I'm grasping something of this world, it's hard then to open my hand to God. You don't have to have possessions to, to be like this and to serve the wrong things. I know plenty of people who have nothing, who are basically poor, they're serving money and they're serving wealth too. It's just that they're serving the stuff they don't have instead of the stuff that they do have. So, so that's the challenge. The challenge is that, that money and possessions and the things of this world can be an obstacle to our relationship with God and our relationship with our neighbor. Hey, that's the warning. Not that it has to be like that, but often it can be like that. And so we've got to be careful Now, let's get to the meat. This weird middle section about the eye is the lamp of the body. It's easy for us to read that passage and think that, uh, you know, what's happening here is that light comes into our body and uh, we understand how eyeballs work, that light is reflecting off of all of this beauty around me and then coming in through my pupil and then my brain is reading it on uh, on the inside of my eyeball. But first century people didn't know that. And so our typical way of reading this would be the little song, Oh, be careful little eyes what you see. Because we think about eyeballs having light come into them and we're worried. And Certainly that's true. Certainly we need to be careful what we see. But in reality, Jesus is talking about something else. He's saying the eye is the lamp of the body. That it's actually the light source. And that's what people believed in the first century. Most people in the first century believed that your vision came from your eye actually having a light source, like fire in it, like a lamp. So that your, your eyes almost shoot these like lasers of light. They didn't understand light waves coming into your eye. They thought, my eyes light up and they shoot kind of like this vision out of me. Um, that's why when, the, when in the old times, in the Bible times, they would talk about you going blind with age. They would talk about the lamps of your eyes dimming. You know, we, we still even use some of that language today about life or light coming out of people's eyes. But they thought it was literal in some ways. That vision came because your eyes were lamps. Now if we think about it that way, this text gets really Interesting. Because what it means is that the way I look at my life, the way I look at my worldly possessions, uh, I'm actually reflecting the light that's within me. And in the reverse, just like we were talking about with treasure in your heart, whatever I'm seeing is in some ways reflecting the light on my soul inside of me. And so Jesus says, if your eyes are healthy, then, then, uh, then it's good. And you're, you've got light within you, but if your eyes are not healthy, then you're going to be filled with darkness and you're going to cast darkness. That's part of the implication here. Okay, and so what is a healthy light? Well, we, we know from reading a lot of other sources from the time of Jesus, around the time of Jesus, that this word healthy means whole. It also can mean singular. In other words, not double vision, not seeing multiple things, but seeing one thing. And and when it's used in a relationship with wealth, it often means seeing things for how they are, not out of also my own greed. The the idea is this if I if I look at you and I see that you're suffering, can I just see that you're suffering? Or does my greed also see opportunity for me to benefit from your suffering? There's like a double vision there. Okay. I see this angry word, but world, but I also see my own benefit. Or I see my own envy, like I want something else. Okay. Am I seeing singular, what, what's going on in the world? Or am I seeing also with my own sin, with my own guilt, with my own envy and greed? That's what a healthy eye does when it's related to finances like this. So there's this great principle Okay. the principle is I've got this light inside of me, my spirit, and I've got my eyeballs, my sight, and I've got the world. Okay, and that those relate to each other. So if I have the right light, then my sight is going to be correct and I'll be able to relate to my possessions and relate to my stuff properly. And if I get my stuff right, then I'll be able to see that properly and it'll help tend to my soul. It goes back and forth. Okay, here's the simple way to say it right light, right sight, right world. Right world, right sight, right light. And so it can work both ways. If I can get my, my thoughts about possessions right, if I can see those things right, I can start to tend to my soul. I can sort of tend to how do I relate to my possessions. If I I start working on my possessions, uh, maybe I need to live more simply. Maybe I I need to acknowledge that certain things are are controlling me. Then my eyes can take that into my soul. You see the connection. The connection between possession and soul through the eyes. Jesus is making a, a really great spiritual principle. The problem is we don't often see it. We don't often notice it. And part of the problem is because our uh, feedback loop is too far uh, apart. In other words, we can't see how our possessions relate to our soul. We can't see this process because it's so spread out. It's like, have you ever been to a hotel and you got to take a shower? But when you're home, you know where the shower dial goes to get the right temperature. But at a hotel, you don't know. So you turn it on. It's obviously cold when you get started. And you wait for the water to get warm and then when you finally it gets right you get in but then it starts getting too hot and you got to dial it back and then it gets okay it's getting right it's getting right oh now it's too cold again i gotta and so it takes a couple tries to really to to actually dial in where the water temperature should go you gotta you gotta take a little bit of work to baby bear that to just right because it's it's new, and the feedback the, the problem is the feedback's too delayed, in other words, I make a change, and it's not for a few seconds that the change gets put in effect and then i've got to I've got to adjust a lot more whereas at home, I know right where that dial should go right in life we don't always get to see because we can ignore the feedback or because it doesn't seem to come to us directly we don't always see how our possessions how our lives, how our interactions with this physical universe relate to our heart. Okay? We, we don't always see the connection between how I see things and how I relate to things. Or how I see things and how my heart really is. Okay? I, I don't always see the connection between treasure and heart. I don't always see what I'm uh, really serving. That's part of the challenge, I think, going on right now in our world. We're going through all this COVID stuff, and uh, there's always debates about masks and no masks and coming back uh, for business and not, and coming back to church and not, and do we sing in church or should we not sing in church? And then we got all this stuff with elections and um, who we're going to vote for. Kanye West is uh, running for president now, and um, then we got all this stuff going on with uh with the police and Black Lives Matter and defunding the police, it's all this chaos, right? But here's what I think is going on underneath, in some way, is that that COVID nineteen, this coronavirus stuff, has has held a mirror in some ways to our souls. Okay, the feedback loop has suddenly gotten shorter, and now we're seeing what. Who are we serving? How are we treating treasure? When you can't go to the store, you can't go to the outlet malls, okay? When, you're, when your job is on the line, right? When, when finances are a question, when you're worried about the economy. And think about how, how, how much treasure is such a part of all of these conversations, right? Whether it's the economy, whether it's a stimulus check, okay? whether it's defunding the police. I mean, all these things have a, have a real financial element to them, right? I think what's happened is through all of this, we've got this mirror held up. And suddenly we're seeing who we're really serving. Suddenly our treasure is related to our heart. Suddenly our sight is being questioned. Are we really seeing things the way we should? Is there really light or is there really darkness? And some people are saying, no, there's a lot of darkness here. Some people are getting overwhelmed by the darkness here. But, but it's because all of a sudden, this, this light, sight, world, uh, connection is visible. Lord, we as Christians need to get this right. We need to take a look at our light. Take a look at our sight. Take a look at our world and how we're relating to it. And right now, as the world is dark and chaotic, and we're seeing that, I think that's also in some ways bringing darkness into our souls. we got to get this, this process Right, right light, right sight, right world. Right world, right sight, right light. we got to get this right. one of our oldest hymns, Be Thou My Vision. Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of My Heart. <clears throat> not beyond else to me, save that Thou art. But I love this line. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou my inheritance now in all days. That's got to be our prayer. Lord, be my vision. And if we can start to see things differently, we can actually, by seeing them differently, cast light on them. I may not know how to deal with racism. I may not know how to deal with coronavirus. I may not know the answers in politics. But if I can see them properly, I can start to cast light on them. So may the Lord be our vision. Amen.